So this is the second half of the Law of One session 13, and uh, this was received January 29, 1981. Again, this is uh, about 33 years ago. I assume everybody's on the page. Uh, here's the link again. And last time, this session is about cosmology and the process by which uh, infinitude the one infinite creator, or all that is the source of creation, uh, focalized and became manifest as the infinite light, love, octaves, galaxies of creation. Uh, before the Big Bang, how did it come that, how did it occur that uh, the source of all became manifest as the all of the creation? which basically means all galaxies and all octaves, octaves being a seven-dimensional uh, system associated with stars and solar systems. And so, <clears throat> very brief review, 13.5 uh, will start, the, the last time we ended around 13.12, uh, but from 13.5 to 13.12 is the main background uh, that will prepare for where we're going forward today, Ra says that the first known thing in creation is infinity. The infinity is creation. And at another place, Ra had said that infinity is equivalent to unity. And so infinity is one, and the one is infinite or boundless. Uh, and therefore, the law of one is also the law of infinity. And one way to understand that Ra's teaching, the Law of One, is not simply a, a teaching of six density, <clears throat> in which six density is a unified self, realization of self as all, all is one, but uh, a teaching of the laws of infinity, or the schema, the cosmic plan of the One Infinite. The One Infinite, the Infinite One, the source of all creation or manifestation, the source of light, which whose nature is love, uh, the law of infinity is another way of understanding what Ra is teaching. So the first known thing in creation, or the first known thing, the first thing that can be known or cognized or conceptualized is infinity. You know, before that, uh, we have that which, uh, you know, cannot be known, K-N-O-W-N, before knowing uh, the source of infinity, <laughs> or the nature of infinity, which is a concept, although it's a reality, the word infinity is a concept to the reality, that's the first knowable. Before that is the unknowable, which is the nature of infinity itself and cannot be conceptualized as a word. But <clears throat> the creation as a whole is infinity, because like the white light that goes into the prism and becomes the seven rays, like the Pink Floyd album, Dark Knight of the Soul, right? The light goes into the prism, triad, the one come, goes through the three, becomes the seven. The seven is the one, and that one is the source of the one. So the seven is infinity. The infinity is creation. The, the uh, creation, the seven-dimensional octaves, many of them, infinite octaves, 
all broken down into seven, apparently, <clears throat> those octaves as creation is infinity, as it's infinity in its true nature. It's the appearance of differentiation. It appears seven colors, but the nature of each one is infinity, and the nature of the whole is infinity. So then infinity become aware, and that's intelligent energy, intelligent infinity. The uh, awareness, the self-awareness of infinity um, is the source, is the nature of, you know, what Rock calls uh, intelligent infinity. So intelligent infinity is infinity becoming self-aware. That's the next step, which is really the first step, because uh, the, the, the mysterium, uh, that which cannot be put into words, but is best expressed perhaps in the words infinite one or one infinity, naturally uh, is self-aware. And uh, if we talk about a linear process, that process begins with its infinite self-awareness or its self-awareness of infinity. That then leads to a focus of infinity into, intelligent, into infinite energy, and that's 13.7. And so Ra identifies this focusing of infinity into infinite energy or intelligent energy as logos or love. <clears throat> and so God is love. Yeah, indeed, God is love. Very true. It's not fourth chakra love, but it's the love that, get, that gave birth to the seven, actually. So uh, infinity becoming self-aware uh, focalizes naturally into what we call uh, infinite energy or intelligent energy and that is uh, the stage of the logos and that logos like the sun or the physical sun as the representation of the logos or creator of our seven-dimensional solar system physical solar system is just one level it's our perception at third density but it's a seven-dimensional solar system and that solar system is the body, we can say, of the Logos, whose nature is love. The nature of light is love. That's why Ra says, light, love, love, light. So the creator, and here we're using the uh, term Logos as creator. Um, infinity is not even a creator. Infinity is the ultimate creator. Uh, and it's the source of the Logos, right? Infinity. Uh, self-aware infinity, infinite aware infinity. Uh, that's the source of logos or creator. Uh, that's unfocused. Uh, the first focusing cre uh, generates the creator, the logoi, the source of the suns, the source of galaxies, actually. And here you see Ra's also saying that galaxy is the uh, same as solar system, or using the term Logos to be both um, the creator of a seven-dimensional solar system and the creator of a galaxy. So Logos as the principle, the, the focused, in, focused um, creative principle of infinity uh, generates both galaxy and solar system. The creator is the focusing of infinity as an aware or conscious principle um, called by us intelligent infinity. So <clears throat> the the focusing of infinity by self-awareness generates intelligent infinity. Uh, we can say it's already intelligent, but the focusing is used, Ra's saying they're using the term intelligent infinity. You know, again, these are all um, 
unified um, uh, entities. It's not different. They're not really different. And so we can say that um, self-aware infinity is intelligent infinity. We can also say that it's focusing uh, of this infinity as an aware conscious principle is the creator, the logos, which is intelligent infinity. So we can say both. <laughs> the the creators, the logoi that make galaxies and suns um, is intelligent infinity, which is comparable to eighth density. Yeah. Uh, that is just another, it's just a focalizing of a more primal um, self-aware infinity. So uh, the intelligence portion the intelligence, the word intelligent, that intelligence itself is a further focusing of the self-aware infinity. And so then we can say, okay, well, first you have infinity, then you have self-aware infinity, then you have the focusing of self-aware infinity into intelligent infinity. Uh, of course, the intelligence is latent in the awareness, the self-aware infinity before it, and it's not really linear. Ra said that all these stages are simultaneous. So, <laughs> if you're still with me, you've got this movement from infinity, self-aware infinity, focusing self-aware infinity, focusing of infinity as an aware conscious principle called the Logos, which can also be called intelligent infinity uh, or love. God is love. And then... Uh, the next step is, Ross says, an infinite reaction to the creative principle following the law of one according to the freedom of will, according to the free will principle. So the first distortion of unity is free will, which is um, basically the right of each focusing of infinity or light love manifestation of the focusing of infinity, its right to do its own thing to act according to freedom of will. And um, Ross says, thus many, many dimensions, infinite in number are possible. And so, yes, we have, I guess, infinite octaves, not just our seven-dimensional and the next, where the guardians are in eighth, but boundless, I'm sure, you know, the octaves are limitless too. Uh, <clears throat> and so we, we find this kind of uh, infinite reaction to the creative principle of uh, logos, love, intelligent infinity, uh, according to free will, manifesting uh, in infinite variety. And so the energy moves from intelligent infinity due first to the outpouring of randomized creative force. Then there are patterns created in holographic style. They appear as the entire creation no matter which direction or energy is pursued, so that's holography or the holographic universe. Patterns of energy then begin to regularize their local rhythms and fields of energy, and that creates dimensions and universes or galaxies. So it's a further focalizing and regularizing and ordering by its own nature of the infinite um, light love, creative principle. And so... <clears throat> In terms of uh, how that forms a planetary system and a galaxy, 13.9, uh, Ra says, you must imagine a great leap of thought in this query, for at the last query before, the physical universes were not yet born, 
And so this regularizing of energy is before first dimension. And that's, uh, so there's already regularizing of invisible energy before there's even an octave. And so without the whole answer of 13.9, the energies move increasingly intelligent into or in increasingly intelligent patterns. There's an individualization of various energies. Uh, Co-creators occur and so-called physical matter begins. So-called is because it's our view that we're living in a material universe. It's our view, our perception. It's an idea based on our limited perception that we're living in a material universe. Actually, the nature of material is light. Its essence is love. So E equals MC squared, energy, matter, interconvertible. Matter, what appears to us as matter, what we perceive as matter, is obviously a form of energy, an aspect or one manifestation of energy, which is non-material. It's immaterial. And so <clears throat> Ra said, you're not living in a material universe. That's why Ra calls it so-called physical matter. Uh, and then to understand matter, uh, Ra says the concept of light is instrumental. Uh, as this vibrational distortion of infinity, meaning light, whose nature is love, like love, uh, light is the building block of that which is known as matter. Right. Light being intelligent and full of energy, that's why we can use, Ra uses the term intelligent energy, which is more related to sixth chakra and um, higher self, and can be uh, accessed, it's a pure form of energy, uh, or it's energy that's uh, pre-differentiation into other forms, or it's a source energy, intelligent energy, ac accessed by sixth chakra, which, uh, you know, uh, essentially is by uh, contact between sixth and seventh chakras, or is a downpouring from eighth density, eighth chakra. We want to use chakras. <clears throat> so uh, major energy changes occur in the body-mind-spirit system of a person or adept or seeker um, as fourth and fifth chakras are more fully, perfectly developed and balanced and the person's living more in sixth center. That's the center of intelligent energy and its capacity is uh, developed not only by clearance of two and three, second, third chakra, the personal, uh, not only by greater activation balancing of four or five, or true mind, love wisdom, the uh, reception, transmission, receiving, accepting, love, and transmission, conceptualization, discernment, expression, wisdom, four or five, not only by their development, but by the linkage between six and seven, eight. And that's the higher work, which is very non-conceptual. It's trans-conceptual, and very few people know what that is, uh, because <laughs> you can't talk about it too much. It's it's a uh, secret. <clears throat> so in Tibetan Buddhism, they talk about three uh, levels of teaching, outer, inner, secret. Likewise, we can say there are three um, magnifications of experience, three magnifications or levels of perception, outer, inner, secret. Outer is appearance, like body, like the thoughts and feelings we experience. Inner is the causal basis, uh, the psychology, and the energetic basis of body, 
matter as a form of light or energy. And then the secret. So there's outer, inner, secret. The secret is um, six chakra and up. <clears throat> and um, it can't be well put into words um, and is uh, much more subtle. So, uh, Ra says, this light of love or love light was made to have in its occurrences of being certain characteristics, among them the infinite whole paradoxically described by the straight line. That's why in the, the Pink Floyd album, Dark Night of the uh, Dark Side of the what is it? I guess Dark Side of the of the Moon. I always think Dark Night of the Soul, but it's Dark Side of the Moon. Uh, on the back cover, you have black space and then a single white line coming uh, formed in the middle of the black space. That is, in my view, the infinite whole paradoxically depicted, described as a straight line. So Pink Floyd got the got it perfectly, and then on the front cover you see it going through the, the prism, becoming the seven rays. So, uh, and again Ross says that this paradox of the straight line showing totality is responsible for the shape of various um, solar systems, galaxies, and planets being lenticular, like a lens or like an eye. That's the expansion of, you know, the, the um, phase change between the uh, formless and the straight line is uh, the spherical. So the spherical is, in a way, a mid-position between the infinite formless and a straight line. The spherical is a three-dimensional straight line, or an expansion of the line, or linearity, uh, by application of infinity, <laughs> the formless. Anyway, it's just interesting that for planets and stars and galaxies have a lenticular shape like a lens, like an eye, uh, the means by which the infinite sees itself. The infinite formless sees the created form through the lens, the, the, the infinite eyes of galaxies, stars, and planets. Likewise, we are uh, an eye, too. We are a, a creator. We are the one, too. Also, we are also the one. Uh, and body-mind-spirit complex can be understood as a eye, as an eye, as a means of perception uh, of uh, infinity by infinity, a means by which the one sees itself in form. So body-mind-spirit complex is also lenticular, actually, which is a little secret. So then, 1310, uh, Don was trying to figure out how to ask this correctly. Ross says, 1311, that the, 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 what we're calling steps here, or stages, are really simultaneous and infinite, and you can't even talk about them as stages. Uh, <clears throat> 1312, we're still doing this review. Again, Don asks the same kind of question. How does intelligent infinity become intelligent, become individualized from itself? It's, it's not exactly individualized from itself, but how does it manifest its appearance of individualization? How does infini in the infinite formless void source, the source of all that is infinite and formless, how does it uh, appear itself as individualized um, 
focalized uh, manifestation. How does that happen? And again, Ra gives a different way of looking at it, which is 13.12. The intelligent infinity discerned a concept by its awareness. The concept was discerned due to freedom of will of awareness, meaning free will awareness. And so there we see, uh, and the concept was finity. So there we see the first three steps, which are simultaneous and not really steps, but really kind of uh, uh, vibra vibratory. <laughs> they're, they're basically twinklings, twinklings of the infinite, uh, kind of vibrating uh, dances, dan dance, <laughs> dance vibration or vibratory um, shimmering of infinity. Uh, it's first a... Uh, by its free will awareness, by its infinite awareness of itself, which has absolute freedom and absolute will, so total free will awareness, by that it discerns the concept of infinity or limitation, the concept of it being or could the potential of infinity appearing as non-infinity. And so uh, Ross says that this was the first and primal paradox or distortion of the law of one, which is the law of free will. So the law of free will is equivalent to the concept of finity. So the experience of the idea, it's a concept. Finity is a concept. Phenomena appearing finite is a concept. That's why Ross says you're not living in a material universe. You're you are dancing thoughts. We, our phenomenal appearance, our sense of ourself, represent um, vibrating, dancing thoughts or concepts of finity, of limitation, of non-infinity. The appearance of non-infinity is but a thought. Life is but a dream. And so the creator, the infinity itself, discerns or by its freedom, will, awareness, recognizes the thought concept, idea of non-infinity, which is uh, the opposite of what it is. <laughs> so it recognizes that it can be what it is not, or can appear as what it is not. That appearance is just a thought. So all of creation is just a thought in the mind of the infinite. And that's, uh, some very high yogis know that, and they're always laughing. So, uh, <clears throat> therefore, the law of free will is a thought. And finity is a thought. It's a concept. It's a dream. It's a mind-created dream. And so all of creation, the seven-dimensional octaves, are basically dreamscapes of the one infinite. Creation is a dreamscape of infinity. And uh, that's why work on mind is, is the key portion of self-transformation because Ra said, mind is a microcosm of the law of one. The creation and all of what we experience, the pain in my body, the memories of my past, the thoughts and opinions and preferences, the wrong views or habits or imbalances and blockages and distortions and emotionalism, all of that is also <clears throat> a concept, essentially, or a thought form those thought forms can be resolved to their source by work in mind. 
that then leads to, of course, work in the energy body and, and spirit. But it's essentially, in a way, all work in mind, because it's all work in perception. It's, it's the transmutation of perception to uh, the source of perception, so that perception realizes its source and becomes free of attachment to itself. Perception becoming free of attachment to perception. <clears throat> Actually. And so, due to the infinite possibilities of intelligent infinity, there's no end to manyness, uh, no ending to manyness. The exploration is free to continue infinitely in an eternal present. And so we're living in the eternal present. That's the introduction. <laughs> That's the review. Now we start with the new material, 1313. Uh, and I'll do a couple more, and then we'll go to questions. I know there may be many questions, but, you know, nobody can get this on the first pass. You know, I didn't get understanding of raw material on the first pass either. It took many, many readings and reflections. So the question is, do you really want it? If you really want it, um, we need to repeatedly expose ourselves to the teaching and listen and uh, conceive and consider and reflect. Uh, and then understanding is generated naturally. So, 13.13, Don asks, Was the galaxy that we are in created by the, intelligent, by the infinite intelligence, or was it created by a portion of the individualized infinite intelligence? So that's really subtle. Was the galaxy itself born directly of infinite intelligence or a logos? Or was it created by a portion of the individualized infinite intelligence? Um, <clears throat> they're all sort of born of individualized portions. And Ross says, the galaxy and all other things of material of which you are aware are products of individualized portions of intelligent infinity. So it's not the intelligent infinity directly, but it's portions. So portions come from portions, or galaxies and octaves as a particular material or light form uh, appearance is born of portions of infinity, which are the Logoi. As each exploration began, it in turn found its focus and became co-creator, and so galaxies uh, coalesce into stars like that. Using intelligent infinity, each portion created a universe, and I think he, he mean, Ra means the, the octaves are, are like the octave of, a, of each sun or star or galaxy could be called a universe. I don't use the term universe that way, but uh, to say there are many universes would be to say is comparable with saying there are many uh, octaves, many uh, galactic multiple octaves and solar system octaves. Each portion, using intelligent infinity, right, key source energy, using intelligent infinity, the source of energy, each portion, or logois, logoi, logos, created a universe, an octave, or multiple octaves, and then allowing rhythms of free choice, free will, to flow, um, flow, flow by themselves before even light love. Playing with the infinite spectrum of possibilities, each individualized portion then channeled the love light or light love into what you might call intelligent, intelligent energy 
thus creating so-called natural laws of any particular universe, which I would say again is an octave or a galactic multiple galactic um, set of multiple octaves. My sense is that a solar system represents an octave, and the creator of a solar system, a logos, lives in the next octave which is more of a manifestation of the galactic system than the solar system. So a galaxy may be multiple octaves, while a solar system may represent a single octave. That's my personal view, because we know that the, the guardians are in eighth density and the logos is operating from eighth density, but they live in, they're, they're free of, of any limitation in incarnation in the octave, meaning a solar system seven-dimensional system. They are beyond that, but they're still in the manifestation of a single galaxy, which I then would assume includes the next octave and other octaves. So, uh, basically this is just a sequential, apparently sequential, uh, focalizing from the void through infinity, through awareness, to um, Sell to, through the um, the manifestation of focalized portions or individualized focusings of that infinite awareness that then uh, leads to the creative principle of the logoi, logos, which leads to uh, some kind of energy swirling and regularizing, which then gives birth to octaves or galaxies and stars and octaves, which each... Uh, manifest, you know, free will patterns or patterns of um, energy circulation and interaction which are unique to each solar system and galaxy. So, Ross says that uh, each solar system has its own local coordinate system of illusory natural laws. <laughs> natural laws are illusory because they're actually manifestations of thought concept, but each solar system has its own laws. Ross says it shall be understood that any portion, no matter how small of any density or illusory or illusory pattern, meaning octave also. So any portion of any density or any octave contains as in a holographic picture the one creator which is infinity. Thus all begins and ends in mystery. So we, we perceive we're living in third density. But actually, we're living in um, seven-dimensional octave reality. The seven-dimensional system is here right in front of us. Higher beings and higher dimensions are here now. It's not that we're living in third density, but our perceptions are limited to perceptions of third density. When, we're, when there's activation of the higher energy bodies associated with the higher chakras, right, fourth and fifth and sixth and seventh, energy, seventh density or chakra-related energy bodies of us, of body, mind, spirit complex, as those higher bodies are activated, perception expands accordingly. And then we realize we're not living in third density, we're living in the octave. And um, the universe is one place, Ross said, meaning all totality is here, and that's why a Buddha, Gautama, Nityananda, um, can appear 
in multiple bodies in multiple dimensions simultaneously, each freely operating. Uh, and that's the way uh, a Logos is. Um, omnipotent, omniscient, and uh, omnipresent. Present everywhere with full power and full awareness and capacity and knowledge anywhere simultaneously in an octave. And um, that's based on the reality that um, any density or any pattern um, is a holographic representation of infinity. And infinity is, um, is um, held or imminent within the density or within any, per any perception or any uh, reality, time, space, space, time, any dimensional, um, we can say location, or any dimensional focusing, whether it's space-time or time-space, physical or non-physical, in the octave, is, is ultimately um, a manifestation of infinity <laughs> and can perceive infinity. That's uh, holographic or holography or the holographic universe, like the book's title. And that means that everywhere is here, and here can manifest, or here can perceive everywhere. Infinity can be perceived in the here and now. Totality can be realized in the here and now. Um, you know, if thine eye is single, when the doors of perception are cleansed, man would perceive, you know, we would perceive reality as it is, which is infinite. And I believe that's actually William Blake, not Aldous Huxley. But... Uh, when the doors of perception are cleansed or when the higher energy bodies associated with higher chakras are activated fully, perception is unlimited, then we see reality as infinite. Yes, indeed. That's the path, or that's the fruit of the path. Uh, and then 13.15, and then we'll go to questions. 13.14 was Don making a question that Rock couldn't understand. 13.15... Uh, Don says, primarily then, how the planetary system, how was it, how is it that the planetary system we're in now evolved, was it all created at once, or was there first our sun created, and then something, something created? Some of the tape was missing here. And so again, now Don is focusing down into our particular solar system and physical planets. And Ra says, the process is from the larger, in your illusion, to the smaller meaning it's our illusory perception or limited perception that we're talking about larger to smaller. But that's not true. It's an illusion. It's uh, a trick of limited perception that we perceive larger and smaller because actually infinity is here now. Totality is here now. And so what we perceive as small um, is not only that. <laughs> it's also... Uh, the infinite in a holographic form. And with higher perception, we see beyond the form to from the outer to the inner to the secret. Outer, inner secret. Inner, outer secret. And then we see the source of the inner, outer dichotomy or the distinction of small and great. And so that's what happens in meditation too. <clears throat> There's um, first an expansion, higher perceptions in meditation, First, there is the corresponding balancing or balanced balancing perception to the normal 
3D limited view. So from self, we experience a no-self. From duality, we experience a unity. From small in my body uh, to boundless non-embodied. But that's just simply experiencing the inner correlate to the normal outer, which is 3D body limited perception. After that experience of the inner or the causal to the outer, uh, then we can realize the source of that dichotomy of outer inner or the dual perceptions of small and great or embodied, disembodied or limited, unlimited uh, or form and formless then we experience the source of that dichotomy, and that's approaching infinity. That's the emptiness of emptiness. <clears throat> then, uh, so the process is from the larger, in your illusion, to the smaller, meaning from our limited view, it appears that we're talking about the process of going from larger to smaller. That's fine. Thus, the co-creator individualizing, uh, apparently individualizing, the galaxy. Uh, the co-creator here is actually um, the Logos. Uh, actually, it's the galactic Logos. The co-creator individualizing the galaxy. So co-creator is the galactic Logos, and co-co-creator or sub-sub-Logos is the sun, and sub-sub-sub is the higher self. Anyway, but the, that's a little tricky, so we'll get to that later. The co-creator, or the source, the galactic logos, individualizing the galaxy, created energy patterns, which then focused in multitudinous, process, multitudinous focuses, or foci, of further conscious awareness of intelligent infinity. Thus, the solar system of which you experience inhabitation is of its own patterns, rhythms, and so-called natural laws, which are unique to itself. However, the progression is from the galaxy spiraling energy to the solar spiraling energy to the planetary spiraling energy to the experiential circumstances of spiraling energy which begin the first density or of awareness or consciousness of planetary entities, meaning planets. And so this is, you know, <laughs> very, very subtle uh, metaphysics of cosmology how it is that uh, planets and suns and galaxies are born. So the progression is from the small, the greater to the smaller, the bigger to the smaller, we can say, it appears that way. Uh, and each one manifests spiraling energy, which is, of course, light love, love light. Uh, each of those has its own local laws or um, particular patterns and rhythms of energy activity, which is accord, in accord with the law of free will, the free will manifestation of the Logoi, or the, um, the galactic Logoi, solar Logos, galactic Logos, creator of galaxy, creator of stars. And um, each kind of uh, manifests its own way, uh, its own patterns, rhythms, and so-called natural laws unique to itself. So each solar system is unique. Each planet is unique, each galaxy is unique, each mind-body-spirit complex is unique. Um, meanwhile, each unique manifestation is totality, is infinity, is simply a form of infinity. So there may be waves and currents in the ocean, but it's still water. 
And so the experience of a wave or a current or a law or a being, the being like a wave, the current like the law, right? The laws of an octave, like the wave, like the currents of an ocean, that pertain to beings in the octave or in a solar system, in a seven-dimensional system, which is basically uh, like the waves on the ocean that change form all the time. Yet, uh, their substance is water. And it's all water. It means it's all, in this case, love-light, or light-love, uh, whose essence is infinity, whose nature is infinity, uh, intelligent infinity, or infinite awareness. Uh, and that's way beyond a sense of self or separation or duality. And so it's going beyond the outer to find its inner, and then going beyond the dichotomy of outer-inner to find source. Uh, and that's the nature of the water, or the nature of light-love, that forms itself into patterns which manifest as galaxies, stars, octaves, planets, and beings. So, with that rundown of cosmology, uh, let's go to questions. Um, in, in other solar systems, some things are drastically different. Body form can be different. Um, consciousness may not be that different at each dimensional level, you know? Uh, so I, I think that it's, it's in form. It's at the level of form, uh, body or uh, manifest shape that is the most differences. But there are differences in mind that are significant also. Uh, I would assume that some aspects of human or Earth physics or our observable physics, natural law, some of that is universal and some of it is local to the system. Meaning the, the dualism of opposite, equal and opposite reaction, that may be universal based on the principle of um, form, uh, cause, basically based on causality, the fact that uh, there is always a cause, there, everything that manifests is a result of causes. And that primal interplay of cause and effect, or love-light, right, uh, may certainly be a universal, not a local. It, but the laws, in terms of gravity and stuff like that would be could certainly be quite different so i think each solar each planet or any planet of any octave or solar system would manifest some of the same laws or or a some other form of the same law and and others that are different so some are local and some are universal and i don't know which of course so <clears throat> yeah it's very true that uh, paranormal phenomena um, occur according to uh, metaphysics, uh, natural or supernatural law, law that is as regular as our demonstrable or measurable laws of physics, uh, but are associated with interdimensional reality, not simply third-dimensional physical reality. So third density physical reality, which uh, leads human scientists to understand the natural laws of physics, 
uh, it occurs within the greater space of multidimensional reality, uh, in which greater multidimensional laws or the laws of metaphysics occur or, or pertain. Uh, so science, a scientific, exp- a scientific type of uh, lawful explanation uh, pertains to all phenomena, physical and paranormal, absolutely and for sure. And so science and spirituality uh, are one in uh, more enlightened societies, even in third density, but surely in higher dimensional groups, they understand the laws of metaphysics or multidimensional physics uh, and 3D physics too. So it all, uh, it's all a holographic manifestation, and within the smaller can be found the greater, so-called, and uh, there are, you know, laws of inter- interdimensional reality that pertain to us that are not well understood, obviously. So, okay, uh, octave is um, is actually an oct o c t I believe is Latin for eight, uh, octagon, octopus, um, and it 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 it's used by Ra to define a seven dimensional. Uh, system. No, octave is used here by Ra to indicate seven-dimensional systems that are created by logos, logoi, sub-creators. And uh, there's a subtle kind of secret teaching in there in that why is a seven-dimensional system not called a septonate or a system of seven? The seven musical tones, scales, which are called octaves, seven tones, are called octave, not septonate. Why? Because uh, at some level, in some way, the seven as a whole represents another one to be counted. So there are the seven dimensions, and then there's the totality of the seven dimensional, the whole, which is yet another one in that seven. Therefore, it's called an eight, an octave, not a seven. And that's why seventh dimension and eighth dimension are not much different. Uh, also, thirteen sixteen, Don is now moving into uh, dis- uh, questioning regarding the uh, densities, which are, you know, the seven in the octave of a solar system or uh, an, a logoic creation. Can you tell me about this first density of planetary entities? Uh, how does planets? How do planets form? And how does fourth, first density appear? Ross said again, each step recapitulates intelligent infinity, intel infinity, in its discovery of awareness. So the octave, <laughs> the manifestation of solar systems or octaves, is the pro is a further process of the discovery of infinite awareness, or infinite awareness discovering itself. In a planetary environment, all begins in what you would call chaos, energy undirected and random in its infinity. Again, this is like the elemental of first density, earth, water, air, fire, as uh, energy tendencies. Slowly, in your terms of understanding, there forms a focus of self-awareness, again. Thus, the Logos moves the vibrating, um, the activity of the One, of the Logos, Creator. Light comes to form the darkness. Uh, According to the Co-Creator, the Logos patterns and vibratory rhythms 
so constructing a certain type of experience, meaning a certain type of first density environment on a certain planet. This begins with first density, which is the density of consciousness, and uh, second density sometimes is called the density of striving, uh, striving but not yet self-consciousness. And here you see this begins with the first density, which is the density of consciousness, the mineral and water life upon a planet, learning from fire and wind the awareness of being. So uh, fire and wind, or fire and air, teach earth and water. So earth is manifest by the mineral, uh, and water, which is atomic, actually, H2O, uh, as the form of water, or the molecular forms of water being H2O, uh, is the second element. So first is earth or mineral, second element is water or H2O, atomic actually. They are taught or developed into form and into greater organization by fire and air, fire and wind. What they're learning is the awareness of being. And, and so evolution is the development of the awareness of being, the awareness of the one of itself, the awareness of infinity of itself in the forms of seven-dimensional life. And that's first density, which again is the activity of wind and fire teaching earth and or mineral and water. So it's both elemental and mineral. Then, 1317, does this first density progress to greater awareness? Of course, yes. Ra says the spiraling energy uh, which is the characteristic of what you call light. So light, which is really light-love, in its form of energy, uh, seven-dimensional, is spiraling. It moves in a straight line, the spiral. It moves in straight-line spiral, thus giving spirals an inevitable vector upwards, upward spiraling light. Same as what occurs with the chakras from the root chakra to the seventh crown, uh, kundalini, up the central channel, Sushumna, um, that's upward spiraling light too. So the spiraling energy characteristic of light moves in a straight line, or straight line spiral, it's spiraling and straight, giving spirals, all spirals, uh, an inevitable vector upwards into a more comprehensive beingness with regards to intelligent infinity. That's evolution. Evolution is the activity of upward spiraling light uh, moving towards more comprehensive beingness of itself, of intelligent infinity, of infinity. So evolution or creation is the upward spiraling light of infinity uh, increasingly aware of itself, more comprehensive beingness, aware of its beingness, its nature. Thus, First-dimensional beingness strives towards second-dimensional lessons of a type of awareness which includes growth rather than dissolution or random change. So first dimension is more about dissolution or random change. It's about the interplay of wind-fire to earth-water. Uh, that, that leads that interplay of the two lower elements with the two higher elements according to upward spiraling light. Uh, 
involves dissolution or random change, but it continues regularizing. And it regularizes uh, into second density. And second density is plants and animals. And so oh, Don asks at 1318, what do you mean by growth? And that's really the distinction between second density beingness or second density life and first density life or beingness. 1318, Ross says, picture, if you will, the difference between first, first vibrational, meaning first density, mineral or water life. And that's interesting that uh, here we see that first density is actually only considered mineral and water. The water, the, the air and fire portion, fire and wind, that teaches or helps the evolution of mineral and water is in some ways not even physical first density. It's sort of um, non-physical energetic patterns, wind and fire. But that affects first vibrational mineral or water life, first density mineral or water. So that's another way of looking at first density, that it's really mineral or earth and water, and it's affected by uh, upward spiraling light intrinsic to the patterns of the octave or the logos that move it towards, or that, you know, associated with wind and fire, that move it towards second density. And so that's the difference between first vibrational mineral or water life and then lower second density beings, which begin to move about and within and upon its being, move about within and upon its being. So that's uh, single-celled, single-celled uh, microorganisms, right? Little guys, little bacteria, little viruses, the little, little guys. And those little guys uh, are formed by the interplay of mineral water first density and the um, non-physical or um, time-space or um, subtle energy dynamics, patterns, laws of uh, wind fire. That creates the little guys, <clears throat> second density beings, the first single-celled organisms and all that moving about and within and upon its being of the water earth, water, water mineral. This movement is characteristic of second density, the striving towards light and growth. So first density is more about dissolution and chaos, or chaos, dissolution, random change, finally um, coalescing into single-celled microorganisms and in beings even smaller, of course. I mean, the constituents of single-celled beings, the mitochondria or DNA, they them, that themselves, that itself could be considered uh, the movement from first to second density, uh, the organization of water and mineral. And so that leads to second density, plants and animals, little creatures and plants, that is a striving towards light and growth. And Don explain, Ra explains that 1319, a simplistic example of second density growth striving towards light is that of the leaf striving towards the source of light or the sun. So striving and growth, or light, sorry, striving towards light and growth, or striving, um, is a quality of second density life or beings, also associated with second, dense, second chakra. Now, second chakra for a human is considered below human. It's, it's included in the human, but second density life being plant and animal, uh, second density, second chakra is not really the place for humans to um, remain. 
in terms of chakra activation, we need to develop all seven. But the human is first, second, third chakra activated, first, second, third density or chakra energy body activated, one, two, three. And people, Ra talked about many people having dropped down to orange ray, second chakra, uh, being more concerned with the personal than with the group or with um, conscious evolution of striving, actually seeking uh, polarization. So the striving only for personal self, how I feel, my feelings, very self-centered, self-absorbed life, not much social, uh, very, very self-delimited, limited by consideration of personal feeling and need and thought only, <clears throat> represents a, a drop down to second chakra, uh, and that's uh, a problem on earth today. But there is some kind of striving, it's just that it's uh, subhuman or it's below our um, capacity. Our capacity really is one, two, three, moving to four, not sitting in the second chakra, only concerned with my personal feeling, my personal mind, my personal life, and the personal living, but actually expanding out to the social and then to the universal uh, according to polarity and a choice of path, choice of orientation of mind. Uh, but second density, creatures, strive towards light and growth, like a leaf to the sun. Uh, and then 1320, uh, Don asks, is there any physical difference between first and second density? Uh, can I see both of them? Would they both be visible? And Ross says, yes, it's correct. And then they say, all of the octave, meaning all, all of the octave of your densities would be clearly visible. Were not the fourth through the seventh freely choosing not to be visible? Now, does that mean that higher density beings make a decision to not be visible? Um, yes, it seems to be. Does it mean that it's part of cosmic plan that third density anchor, anchor mind, the third density mind or mind that is anchored to the 3D physical body here in space-time, 3D physical, um, naturally, according to law, cosmic law or the law of the logos doesn't see fourth through seventh density also? Uh, I think so. So I think that it's just part of the natural law uh, that fourth through seventh densities are not visible. But Ra says, freely choosing not to be visible. Is that the, the decision of those beings in those densities? Um, yes, and not only. I think it's the decision also of the logos who structured the awareness of third density to be veiled, third density physical to be veiled. And that, I think, is another aspect of the freely choosing not to be visible or the invisibility by free choice or free will of higher dimensions. Because even if there's no being in the room, I don't see fourth through seventh densities. My not seeing right now, even with no beings in front of me, um, is not a product of their personal choosing not to be seen, because there's no one there. But it's a choosing of the Logos that the 3D physical mind, or the mind that we have in 3D physical body, doesn't see 4 through 7. 1321, we're getting close to the end of the session. Actually, there are a couple of big ones. I hope everybody's okay on time. How does second density then progress to third? Ross says, second density strives towards third density, which is the density of self-consciousness or self-awareness, sense of self, 
the primary difference between human and plant animal is the sense or uh, awareness of a self, which is an illusion because it's separation, but it's necessary. This striving takes place through the higher second density forms who are invested by third density beings with an identity to the extent that they become self-aware mind-body complexes, thus becoming mind-body-spirit complexes and entering third density, which is the first density of consciousness of spirit. So third density includes self-consciousness or self-awareness, the mineral, water, first density, and the plant-animal second density doesn't have self-consciousness or self-awareness. Uh, the way that the plant-animal or second-density beings strive and become third-density or harvest into, thir into third-density, uh, one way is uh, investment by third-density beings, meaning humans uh, relating to dogs and cats. Humans or higher-dimensional. Here we're saying, Ra's talking about one way that second-density creatures become third is those forms being invested or those beings invested uh, by third-density beings, by human, with a sense of identity, leading them to become self-aware or mind-body-spirit complexes, not just mind-body. Second-density is mind-body. And that's the problem with the drop-down into second chakra, is that it doesn't include the spirit. So when people are self-absorbed and and stuck in orange ray, second chakra focus, self-centeredness, self-absorption, in a very common, crude, emotional way, not thinking deeply, um, they're involved in mind-body process more than mind-body-spirit. So third density is the first density of consciousness of spirit. There's no consciousness of spirit in second density beings, plants and animals, although some are harvestable, and so they have more of a sense of self or identity. Uh, and the human-animal interaction is very helpful and important to help animals or plants, even, uh, to become human, to become conscious of spirit, what that is, which is the link to the infinite, really. About Earth, Ross says, the sphere upon which you dwell is third density in its beingness of mind-body-spirit complexes, meaning one, two, three, first, second, third density activated, meaning human, including the human, which is mind-body-spirit. It's now in space-time continuum fourth density, causing somewhat difficult harvest. So that the uh, beingness of the people, mind-body-spirit complexes, is third density. But the planet, in terms of its energy position in the universe, or relation to galactic center and higher dimensional energetics, uh, is in the space-time continuum of fourth density, and that relates, that's the problem <laughs> with the harvest or the graduation time now, most people are not able to access fourth-dimensional energies, meaning they haven't opened their heart, meaning they're not living in love, nor are they even clearly polarized positive or negative, meaning uh, fourth chakra, uh, fourth-dimensional um, sensitive, including the negative path or negatively oriented. Uh, most people are not oriented, and most people are living similar to... Um, kind of a, a thinking animal, <laughs> meaning um, self, body-mind identified, not body-mind-spirit identified, somewhat stuck in the second chakra condition, somewhat, meaning self-absorbed, self-centered, um, mind-body focused rather than mind-body-spirit focused, 
while the planet is already uh, in the energetics of fourth dimension. And then the last full question of the session 1323, Don's asking, how does a third density planet become a fourth density planet? And uh, we won't get into it too long, but Ross says the fourth density is as regularized in its approach as the striking of a clock upon the hour. It's not determined by humanity. Dimensional shift is not um, is not timed only by the evolution of human consciousness, but by a galactic clock, or by the timing of the creator of the galaxy and the solar system. So Ra goes on, the space-time of your solar system has enabled the planetary sphere to spiral into space-time of a different vibrational configuration, that's fourth density, that's related to the uh, orbit or the rotation of the solar system in this spiral arm of the galaxy around galactic center. That is the uh, movement of the, the space-time position of the solar system related to galactic center and its orbiting. That is uh, related to what enables the planet to move into space-time of fourth density or the different vibrational configuration. Ross says it causes the planetary sphere, the planet, to be able to be molded or affected by these new distortions, meaning new energies, fourth density energy. However, the thought forms of your people during this transition period are such that the mind-body-spirit complexes, uh, the beings of both individual and societies, are scattered throughout the spectrum. Instead of being able to grasp the needle and point the compass in one direction, meaning make uh, mind orientation positive or negative, with love, without love, service to self, service to other, or service to all, and service to separate yourself, positive path, negative path, people are not able to point the compass in one direction or orient themselves in mind with the use of spirit, consciousness of spirit, um, to decide which path they're on and therefore make use of the fourth density energies. You see, if you drop down to second chakra and you're pretty much living as an intelligent animal or a thinking body, as many people are, and many people, you know, unfortunately, like Howard Storm, the skeptic, the nihilist, the atheist, the scientist who rejects higher dimensions, higher powers, higher being, soul evolution, cosmic plan, uh, they're very thoughtful and smart, but their consciousness of spirit is quite limited. And so they may be smart fellows and successful in society, but when they die, they will still be conscious and they will realize they know nothing. And they may feel a great deal of fear and terror and panic when they wake up on the other side fully conscious, with full senses, in fact, more aware than here, and realize that they're still alive and that they know nothing and that they haven't prepared whatsoever for the transition. So this is similar to Ra saying not being able to grasp the needle or point the compass in one direction so the planet is affected by 4D energies, and most humans are unable to partake, and that's the difficulty of the harvest or the low harvest. Thus, the entry into the vibration of love, sometimes called by your people the vibration of understanding, fourth density is the density of love and understanding. Love and understanding are comparable. Full uh, accept, Acceptance is the root of understanding. If you wish to understand, you must accept what is. Uh, the entry of the planet into fourth density, the dimensional shift into fourth density or vibration of love on understanding, is not effective 
it's not affecting it it's not being affected too well with the present societal complex thus the harvest shall be such that many will repeat the third density cycle i would say most ross said many they once said that it'll be so low that 4d positive on earth would need to be supplemented or the population would need to be supplemented with transfers from other 4d positive planets uh, to maintain a certain minimal balance of 4d beings 4d positive beings on the surface and the planet itself vibrating one two three four first second third fourth dimensional energy bodies in play uh, the harvest is going to be quite low many will repeat their density cycle then the energies of your wanderers your teachers and your adepts in higher dimensions particularly are at this time or at this time are all bent upon increasing the harvest however there are few to harvest and that's the last major interplay interaction of session 13 on that uh, sad note uh, the energies the efforts the activities of wanderers adepts teachers angels higher self positive et confederation four five six dimensional positive off-planet groups who are related here now all their efforts all our efforts are devoted to helping increase the harvest bent upon helping directed to helping increase the harvest however there are few to harvest meaning most people will repeat the cycle uh, not just many but most there are few to harvest means very few people will graduate almost all I think and as to numbers I've everybody asks and I don't know I think that uh, 10 to 15 percent would be very generous meaning I won't be surprised if there's a 7 percent or 12 percent harvest 5 to 10 percent harvest meaning of 7 billion uh, 700 million or so will graduate uh, it could be far less but I don't know because you have to understand that when you look at people who are benevolent and shining and love-based many of them are wanderers <laughs> how many of the goodly advanced people that we meet that we see that we hear of are actually wanderers perhaps many perhaps most they don't figure in the harvest because some of them are 4d positive and they'll stay but many others are sixth or fifth density positive and they'll leave so despite the efforts of all the positive community there are few to harvest and um, that ends the discussion of uh, session 13 next week we'll pick up and go into session 14 which um, fortunately uh, finds us getting more into uh, metaphysics of healing and um, further about the densities but then we get in yeah actually not so much on healing uh, that starts I think in session 15 so 14 we're still back in talking over the densities and talking about confederation and Ra's interventions on earth something about pyramids and um, history again so we're not really ready to get into uh, the healing material uh, we get into it in session 15 balancing positive path chakras healing a little bit
So we have one more session talking about uh, history and cosmology in terms of formation or development of densities and the confederation activity and Ra's activity and these uh, kind of smaller matters. Uh, so thank you for being here today and um, I appreciate your listening and the opportunity to speak and see you next time. Okay, good night.